Hi, to all you boys and girls out there in podcast land. We need high quality music for your video productions. Music that doesn't sound like it was banged out in an hour on a weekend, but real, meaningful, and moving musical masterpieces. Then just go to your computer and type songfreedom.com slash radio to start a new free account and unlock a standard Go Devil license worth $30. You'll find all kind of tunes in Song Freedom. Hip-hop, alt-rock, ambient, classical, cinematic scores, mainstream music, and even oldies but goodies. That's songfreedom.com slash radio. Also, after the credits, I have an inspirational story about the making of the films mentioned in this episode. And at the very end, I have a very special announcement. So please stick around. Now, on with the show. This year marks the 40th anniversary of the shooting of Dallas Police Officer Robert Wood. On November 28, 1976, after a routine traffic stop of a car that had a busted taillight, Officer Wood was shot two times by the driver and later died. 28-year-old Randall Dale Adams was convicted of Wood's murder and eventually sentenced to death. Adams maintained that he did not commit the murder. We'd never really gone that long in Dallas without clearing the murder of a police officer. We'd had several killed, but we'd always cleared them pretty quick. For 12 years, he served that sentence, most of it on death row. But 28 years ago this week, on August 25th, 1988, a little movie called The Thin Blue Line was released by Miramax. The director was a documentary filmmaker on the rise, Errol Morris. A year after the film's premiere, Adam's sentence was dismissed and he was released from prison. The Thin Blue Line is considered to be largely responsible for Adam's release. I truly believe film is the most powerful art form we have. It's the one art form that encompasses all other art forms. Writing, music, architecture, print, photography. Movies capture our imagination and take us on journeys we can never go on ourselves. They give us peeks into the lives of people on the other side of the world. or in a galaxy far, far away. And they have the ability to affect change, to help right or wrong, to shed light on a cause, person, or issue that needs to be brought out of the darkness, or to bring a new perspective into the world. Videos in general have this power, even small videos. If you're a filmmaker slash videographer, you wield a mighty, mighty power. And as the saying goes, With great power comes great responsibility. I'm Ron Dawson, and this is Radio Film School, A Filmmaker's Journey. It was a bright and beautiful October afternoon when Harry and Yuka came over to my home to watch the video I had made for them. They were my first wedding video clients. My business was just about five months old. When I decided to start my video business, it was my original plan to do weddings until I could do quote unquote real videos. 
like music videos or feature films and that kind of thing. And because I wanted to be a narrative storyteller, when I took on Harry and Yuka's wedding, I naturally shot and edited it like a movie, giving it the name When Harry Met Yuka. I gave it all the common rom-com tropes, non-linear storytelling, love story reenactments, interviews with the bride and the groom, a Harry Connick Jr. score. Shh, don't tell anyone. Unfortunately, song freedom didn't exist at the time. So I, like a million other wedding videographers, use copyrighted music. I hope you all know now that if you do shoot weddings, you no longer need to do that, right? Songfreedom.com slash radio. I was only going to shoot weddings to pay the bills until I could be the next Spike Lee or Quentin Tarantino. Then something special happened. Harry and Yuka were coming over that afternoon to watch a short highlight video I made about their wedding. It was just seven minutes of the most memorable parts of the full video. And what happened was nothing short of magical. During those seven minutes, they laughed and they cried. Now, I had created videos for large audiences before, most notably funny videos for my church. And I experienced what it was like to have people respond to my craft. But there was something about this that was different. It was personal, potent. I realized that I had created something that could help strengthen the foundation for a whole family. That it could be the tool that either Harry or Yuka could go back to to reignite their love and passion or remember why they got together in the first place. And seeing such a wide range of emotions expressed over such a short period of time was, dare I say, a spiritual experience. I knew from that moment on that my talent had a bigger purpose in life. For the next five years, I poured my heart and soul into creating wedding films that moved my clients and made lasting impacts on all who saw them. But as is often the case with any artist, particularly one that is in a business, my craft and my business evolved. And in 2007, I turned my focus on doing corporate work, with a focus on the professional photography industry. I very much enjoyed the switch to corporate video work. The breadth of stories I could tell and the creativity my clients allowed me to bring to the table were refreshing. But it wasn't until 2009 that I found my true calling again. I had produced a series of keynote films for a longtime client of mine, a B2B service provider for professional photographers called Pictage. They had a new CEO who wanted to make a big splash at the yearly expo hosted by the company, his first as the new CEO. The theme for the expo that year was Dream, Create, Inspire. And I was charged with creating a series of three films, one for each of those themes. It was shortly after the process of making these films that I had another important discovery. It was during a long car ride with the family. My wife was listening to an audiobook of Martha Beck's Finding Your North Star, Claiming the Life You Were Meant to Live. On that trip, I was describing how amazingly fulfilled I felt during the making of these three films. As I gushed about the experience, my wife had a revelation. She said, you know, making films like these is your North Star, that inner desire at your core that drives your passion and contains the key to finding the life that you're meant to live. And she was absolutely right. 
I come alive as a filmmaker when telling inspirational or cause-driven stories. In many ways, even the wedding films I had used to make sort of fit into this category. So, in early 2010, I changed the focus of my company to telling these kind of stories. At your core as a filmmaker, or any kind of artist, what is it that you really want to do? If you think about it, you probably want to move people. In some way, you want to elicit an emotion, whether that's happiness, sadness, joy, anger, indignation, whatever. You want your art to have an effect on people. And I think the ultimate reward for any artist is knowing that her art truly makes a difference in somebody's life, if not the world. Unfortunately, there are times when we lose sight of that driving purpose. We lose sight of why we got into this craft in the first place. We get caught up in a life of paying the bills, or we become obsessed with getting views, likes, and shares. We post a photo to Instagram and we get bummed if we only get two likes, or two dozen. Some of you get bummed when you only get 200. Or you post a video to Vimeo or YouTube and you refresh the screen every five minutes hoping the number of views increases. But sometimes we need to sit back, relax, and just breathe. Breathe. In and out. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves to breathe. This is the third film in that Dream, Create, Inspire film series I mentioned earlier. It is the Inspired film. It's a simple video, really. Just one man on a black background talking to the camera. It's a spoken word piece written by my wife. And although the audience this was intended for was professional photographers, I have no doubt that if you're the kind of person who listens to this podcast, these words are just as apropos to you. We sit in front of a computer screen day in and day out, press the shutter of a camera, click a button of a mouse, waiting, hoping for inspiration to strike, to distract us from our unspoken fears and to pull us out from our anxious thoughts. We sit in front of a computer screen, waiting, hoping. Breathe in and out. Sometimes you have to give yourself permission to breathe, to slow down, to listen, and to stop. We're all searching for something, for the power to influence, to create and to aspire and to live a life we love. But we never stop long enough to take care of ourselves to remember why we started in the first place, to return to our first love, our passion, to the spark that started it all. We stop lighting our own match and let the fire grow dim. We live in the smoke trails of dying dreams. Focusing on our flaws and failures, paralyzed by our self-doubt, swinging wildly between paralysis and pride, waiting for something to change. But what would happen if we stopped searching and stopped waiting, stoked our fires with courage and conviction, focused on people instead of perfection, instead of going bigger, better, faster, quicker, Focus on done, people instead of perfection. Wow. Think about that line for a minute. It's so easy to hear it in the context of a spoken word film and react positively for a split second, but not really let it sink in. Focus on people instead of perfection. What would your art look like if that was your goal? 
What would your life be like if that were your objective, your North Star? The number of views and likes would not be quite as important to you if you knew your work was truly making someone else's world a better one to live in, right? I mean, what if someone emailed you and said, hey, I want to thank you for the beautiful wedding video you made for us. My husband and I were on the verge of divorce, and we watched our wedding video again and decided to get counseling. Or what if someone wrote and said, hey, I just want to thank you for that PSA you made. Because of your video, we were able to raise the money we needed to start a new homeless shelter that will help take 1,000 homeless people off the streets. Or what if just one person emailed you to tell you that some video you made gave them hope and kept them from taking their life? Wouldn't you trade a million views of your video or 100,000 likes if you knew it could save just one life? Isn't making a difference more important than any other of those other superficial desires in life? If you've followed my podcast for a while, chances are you've heard at least a few of the episodes that follow the making of my short film doc, Mixed in America, Little Mixed Sunshine. It was my Shooting Sunshine podcast miniseries. In June, I finally finished the film, five and a half long years after the day I recorded the first interview. I sent the film to my email subscribers and podcast listeners to get feedback on it, and some of the responses blew me away. I got a number of replies from people in Europe. And this one in particular stood out. He writes, Just for the record, I'm a white male from Scotland, where we don't nearly have the kind of ethnic diversity of the United States. So I think I'm probably one of the more difficult audience members to reach with the message, having never really experienced anything like what your film portrays. That being said, I think the really interesting part about your film is the way in which what I'll refer to here as quiet racism is looked into. Everyone has seen films, fictional and docs, that deal with inequality and bigotry on big scales, i.e. the slave trade in America, hunger strikers in Northern Ireland. And I think since those events are in the past, it's easy to think we've tied a neat bow on things. Obviously, racism, sectarianism, sexism, etc. are still a big problem. But I guess what I mean is, it's easy to forget that quiet racism, the day-to-day -day looks, opinions, and questions that seem to be all part of the fallout of these major events. So I really enjoyed how the film tapped into that. It definitely made me think differently about those kind of things, and now living in Northern Ireland, I see similar things in the fallout of the Troubles. Great thought-provoking storytelling overall. As a final note, I really like the very personal angle you took with the short. Okay, that was Josh from Northern Ireland. Thank you, Josh. Then a biracial woman on Twitter connected with me and I shared the film with her as well. Her name is Sarah and this is what she wrote. Let me preface by saying I'm black and white too. I so connected with the message and the identity questions. I asked my husband, who is solidly Irish, to watch this with me. We both walked away crying. Thank you so much for telling a piece of my story. It feels so good to connect. I even got feedback about the podcast miniseries that I wanted to share. Now, as a reminder, a running theme in the making of the film was one particular shot that I really wanted to get that was holding me up from completing it. My good friend and show regular J.D. Cochran confronted me about that shot and gave me advice in only a way that J.D. could. And, and honestly, I don't give a fuck about the shot. I don't. I really don't. I don't know. I don't care. I don't, I don't even know what it is. 
I know when you make a podcast, you're putting a lot of yourself out there. Right, in, right. Your, in your podcast particularly, I mean, you've talked about stories of your kid. You, it's, it, it can be personal for you at times. But honestly, just as your friend, we don't know what shot you're – like I, I've heard you talk about it. And I still don't really – it's not cataloged in my mind. Like, oh, I need to see this. I need to see – you know, I don't know. I don't care. And it's like you got to get it done. It was that conversation, more than anything, that lit a fire under my butt to finish the damn thing. So imagine my delight when I got this email from a listener named Roderick. He writes, I wanted to thank you for all the work you put into the podcast. I want to let you know that hearing you get motivated to finish your short got me motivated to finish a documentary I've been working on since 2012. It was after listening to you and the discussion with JD in which he said he didn't care about that one four second shot that you wanted to finish the project. It was the kick in the pants that I needed. It was like he was talking directly to me. My shot was also four seconds. After that podcast, I got inspired and with the help of my partner, we cut the entire documentary in less than 30 days. We put a trailer online and we received several emails from film festivals asking us to enter the film. We already have one nomination for best documentary from one of the smaller festivals. Thank you again for the work you do and know that it is making a difference. Can I get real with you for a minute? There are times when I sit in front of my computer, stare at it, and wonder, what's really the point? So many times I feel like my films don't always get as many views as I want, or my podcasts don't get as many downloads as I want. Why do I even bother? Then I get emails like the ones from Josh, Sarah, and Roderick, and everyone else who responded, and my heart is lifted. Remember the Dream, Create, Inspire film series I told you about? Well, one of the people I interviewed for the dream film was Blake Howard, creative director for the brand agency Matchstick at Atlanta, Georgia. He said something during that film that encapsulates this idea of using your art to make a difference. I just want to be involved in things that have that word passion in them. And so I want to also encourage and empower other people to be passionate about what they do. I think nowadays that a lot of people miss passion and what they do for a living. I think passion leads to movements and movements really create change. And I think that um, we need some change nowadays, and so passion is the best fuel for that. I have a lot of ideas and thoughts in my head. What are you passionate about? What burns inside of you like a furnace, stoking the fires of your desire, driving you, pushing you to make a difference? I'll leave you with the end of the dream film in pursuit of dreams. If the voice sounds familiar, it's because it's my then 14-year-old daughter whom I also interviewed for that film. Two years before I interviewed her for Mixed in America. As an aspiring musician, she shared her thoughts on what it means to have a dream. I am a dreamer, and I'm a big dreamer. We were not destined to be automatons. We were destined to create and to dream. And the reason that we, we created all is because we have dreams. If you think about it, isn't the most common question that you ask any child, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that question is basically asking, what is your dream? What do you want to do? What is, what is most important to you? What passion do you want to pursue? There's a reason for that. There's a reason why we have dreams. It's just so important to pursue your dreams. And don't, don't have dreams and then not do them. I mean, you might as well not dream again. 
if, if you're not going to do it. You know, we all know from school how they say that when there's less of something, there's a higher demand for it. And there's, the, there's also the fact that there's only one you. And whatever you create, there's an excruciating need for it because there's only one source to get it, and that's from you. So I think it's really important that we all just, we go out and create whatever we're, we're destined to create. May you, as Henry David Thoreau so aptly put it, go confidently in the direction of your dreams and live the life you've always imagined. All the films I mentioned in this episode are on the blog post. To this day, they represent some of my personal favorite projects I've created. After the credits, I have a fun behind-the-scenes story about the making of them that will inspire you. So stay tuned. Radio Film School is a production of Daredreamer FM. This episode was written and produced by me. Chris Huslidge is our hardworking co-producer. Radio Film School is also a proud member of the Podcastica Network, a small collection of pop culture podcasts that cover topics from your favorite television shows to meditation and health to podcast production. This show and other great shows can be found at podcastica.com, a cornucopia of podcasting goodness. Music for this episode was curated from freemusicarchive.org. Links to tracks are in the show notes. Now, as cool as the songs on Free Music Archive are, sometimes you need something more traditional. Or if you're a wedding videographer and need to legally license a popular song, say, like A Thousand Years from Christina Perry or At Last from Etta James, then look no further than Song Freedom. They have a huge library of songs from every genre, and they're your best source to license your music for mainstream artists and oldies but goodies. Go to songfreedom.com radio and sign up for a new account, and you'll get a free standard gold-level license worth $30. That's songfreedom.com radio. We thank Song Freedom for their support. Another great way you can support the show is by becoming a Daredreamer FM premium member. Premium membership helps keep this show going and putting out great weekly content. For the monthly price of about the cost of a large Jamba Juice smoothie with an extra boost, you not only support the show, but you get access to ebooks, templates, bonus episodes, discounts, and other products and services, and other resources to help you grow in your craft and career. Go to daredreamer.fm join to learn more. You can also support the show by leaving a comment in iTunes. Even if you don't use iTunes, do me a huge favor. Go in, find Radio Film School, then leave a review and rating. And better yet, hit the subscribe button while you're there. You can follow me on Twitter at FM, and you can follow the show at Radio Film School. If you like this episode, share it on Facebook, Twitter, or email it to a friend you know needs to be inspired. That's it for this week. Remember, if the story sucks, I don't care what you shot it with or cut it on. Since this film series was for photographers, when I originally started shooting it, I interviewed high-profile photographers known to the audience. But something wasn't quite right when I was making it. It didn't feel special enough. This was going to be part of the keynote for this new CEO's first presentation to this group, so I wanted to go outside the proverbial box. The photographers who I started interviewing were all people I had been seen or heard from countless times before. So I made two risky choices. First, I chose all fresh faces. 
Second, and most risky of all, I chose all non-photographers. In addition to my daughter, I interviewed four artists on the topics of dream and learning their creative process. I surmised that the sentiments they shared would be echoed by one another and also be feeling shared by the audience who, as photographers, were themselves artists. As such, how much more powerful a message would it be if this audience of photographers was connecting with a painter, a composer, a creative director, and a filmmaker? Those are the artists I interviewed for the film. And that filmmaker in the series is none other than White Stone Motion Pictures' Brandon McCormick. Brandon has been a Radio Film School favorite during season one. As artists and creatives, it's important to take these kind of risks, and I felt this one really paid off in a huge way. All three films were a huge hit. Now that third film, the Inspire film, you know, the spoken word piece, Breathe, that film has a particularly cool and amazing story. We found out later from one of the VPs at Pictage that the root origin for the word Inspire is the Latin word for breathe. How freaking cool is that? I had no idea that was the case when I made that pitch. From the decision to go with non-photographers, to the process of meeting these terrific artists, to the collaboration with my wife on Breathe, everything about this series conspired to make it one of my most memorable projects and help show me my North Star. Now go out and find yours. Now, one last thing before we let you go. Next week, September 1st, will be the one-year anniversary of the world premiere of Radio Film School. And what a year it's been. As we enter season two, I'm going to shake things up a bit. So be sure to tune in next week to hear what we have planned for the season. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Talk to you then. You're listening to Dare Dreamer FM, the sound of creative expression. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Podcast